0: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. prohibited by law. See terms and conditions.
1: 18 plus. Hello, everybody. I am Lucia Matuonto, and welcome to the Relatable Voice podcast, a talk show where my guests and I talk about relatable everyday situations, books, and the environment we live in. Remember to subscribe and follow the podcast on social media so you can be notified when a new episode is available. Let's begin! Welcome to the Relatable Voice podcast. Today we have the pleasure of chatting with the amazing Michaela Duffy. Michaela is a talented Brooklyn-based author, playwright, podcaster, and opera singer. She does a lot. But also has a background in legal studies and criminal profiling. Her latest book, The part Guardians, is coming out soon. michaela welcome to the show. Hello, thank you so much for having me on here. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> yes, it was a long drive. To Brooklyn but I'm so so happy we need to celebrate yes absolutely to start Michaela, if you were a superhero what power would you like to possess oh
0: what superhero power would I like to possess um you know that's a that's a great question let me, let, me, let me think I would love the ability to like speak in all the languages to To be like a, a polyglot of of communication, <laughs> to to be able to like um, interact with because one of my favorite things in the world is other humans. Uh, I love I love interacting with humans, and you know especially as like a storyteller, um, being able to communicate and um, create art in every different language so that it would be as accessible and easily approachable from all all different directions would be just really cool. <laughs>
1: I love it. Actually, you still can have these superpower. Not all languages. <laughs> not, not, not all the languages, but we can try. <laughs> yeah, but at least a two, three, four, five. We maybe still have time.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I, I have a, I have a basic understanding of American Sign Language, uh, a little bit of uh, Spanish, and uh, that's that's where I'm at so far. And I've got an okay understanding of English, so hopefully, hopefully, we'll work on that one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and um, I would I love the superpower of teleportation, mm-hmm. because, you know, but different places in a second, We wouldn't have to drive to with my RV to New York.
0: Yeah, I mean, that would have made things so much easier, so much faster. Um, so now on the flip
1: side, what's the one power you'd leave in the superhero reject pile?
0: In <laughs> the superhero reject pile, um, I, uh, I think the 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 superpower I would leave in the reject pile would probably be mayonnaise surfing. Hmm. <laughs> that I could like, you know. St- you know, slide about on mayonnaise everywhere, just gonna grease it up and you know, fly down the uh, the uh, the street. I think I think I would definitely uh, abandon that as an option for superhero skills.
1: <laughs> you know, I would pass mind reading. You would give up mind reading? I would. Why would you give up? Mind- that sounds amazing. Let me explain to you. I feel like. I would be in for a lot of disappointment. I don't know if you I would like to know what people plan to do in the future or what they think about me. so I, I, uh, I would
0: so this me. is this is really just for like for your own sanity. you'd be like, mm, you oh, know what? Own. actually, no thanks.
1: yes, my own sanity. Ignorance is bliss. So when it comes to <laughs> our <laughs> secrets, plans
0: and wishes. Heard, heard. I feel that. I feel that.
1: <laughs> so Michaela, you grew up in middle of cow Pasture in Florida. Mm-hmm. Paint us a picture of that. And were you already spinning tails even back then?
0: Oh, you know, that's a really good question. Okay. So for the painting of where I'm from, it is really just out in the middle of absolutely nowhere, Florida. Um, there are, it's like the horse capital of the world. There's tons of cows. There's tons of, uh, people riding in the back of trucks because nobody cares about, you know, safety laws. It's a whole thing. Um, but but yeah it's a very very small town um it's getting bigger now because there's a, a very large retirement community that is consuming all of the land around it so it's it's where where i grew up is not really the same as where i grew up anymore and you know it it was it's interesting when i when i was little i wrote stories and i i've always been very good at uh formulating words and uh and storytelling But when I was in middle school, high school, in college, I... You know i i kind of grew up underneath the poverty line so i my entire mentality was getting out of poverty and so you know nobody goes into being an author to make a lot of money <laughs> and so i was going into other directions like you know oh i, I have to be really, really good in school so i can get into a good uh, college and you know go into a really profitable major so that i can you know work my way out of out of poverty so i really didn't write a whole lot um just for fun and uh, and for like creativity while I was in my formative years, but when I got out of college, and I traveled to Europe for the first time. I realized that there were so many other walks of life and that people could do anything and that there wasn't any like requirement for, for one to be, you know, a doctor or a lawyer or any of like like no, you don't have to be. You can still survive while not doing those things. And so I, I had been accepted to law school and I kind of like bowed out to, to be like, okay, I don't want to do i'm not 150 percent sure i want to go to law school now and i don't want to get a hundred thousand dollars in debt just to you know just to realize i don't want to be there and so i ended up bowing out of it and through through a series of relatively fortunate events i ended up getting into acting and into theater and then while i was in theater i started getting frustrated because there weren't a lot of parts written for people like me and so i started writing my own out of spite started i became a playwright out of absolute spite um and then also there was a there was a whole lot of uh if, you, if you've ever heard of bbc sherlock um like the tv show it, it, it's just a, a version of the sherlock holmes stories but on tumblr which was the place back in the day um there were a ton of fan fiction sites about this particular show, and so I got into reading and writing uh, fan fiction about that. And that's how I learned how to write narratively, and so through all of these twists and turns, we've made it now to where I am an award-winning off-Broadway Brooklyn playwright, and all those things. And now I'm I'm writing my or, oh I've already written and I'm uh, shopping my my debut novel, The Mistport Guardians: The Stolen Child, and so. The, the very long-winded answer to your very short question is yes, I have always been a storyteller. It just took a little bit of getting back to it.
1: Great, and congratulations. You are doing what you love. And what brought you from the calm of a small town to the excitement of New York City?
0: Florida being a very wild place to live <laughs> especially for someone like me i don't i don't i don't uh you know uh but i, I really wanted to go uh to somewhere bigger i've I, I grew up in the country and i grew up out in the small town but i've always been a city person i like life i like feeling life and so i had moved to orlando which is like you know the, the largest city in central florida um so i i had spent most of my adult life in orlando And Orlando's great, but you know, it's, 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 it's not like a huge city. And so I wanted, I wanted more opportunity. I wanted more, um, more theater. I wanted more art. I wanted to be in like the place where everything's happening. the Greatest city in the world. And, uh, so I wanted to go to New York city. And then I moved to New York city in August of 2019, which if you're doing your math correctly is about six months before the world ended. (laughs) and so i had a solid six months of new york being new york and then i was here throughout the entire of the the pandemic and it was the pandemic yeah it was wild it was wild dude um uh where were you during that i was
1: in spain and you're in spain okay yeah the lockdown was was terrible we we really could not put our heads out to the wind
0: oh yeah i mean like here so i was in brooklyn and um, it got so silent overnight. I mean, like literally overnight that I couldn't sleep because it was so quiet. I literally went and opened up Hoarders, which is just an American TV show where people yell at each other all day long. And I put it in the window so that I had the sound of people yelling at each other in the streets to help me fall asleep because it was so dead in Brooklyn. It was so wild. And can't believe
1: New York in silence.
0: Yeah. Well. Okay. So, like, I went to uh to Times Square, and it was one of the only times I've ever been in Times Square, and I was the literal only human there. I I, I thought the zombies were gonna come out of the, the the subway system. Like, I mean, it looked like a sh- like a movie set. It was it was insane. Um, and yeah, everything was just very eerie and uh and very very desolate. So.
1: Let's dive into your off-Broadway award-winning show. Yes, "Star Sweeper," a human odyssey. But how did this idea come from out of the blue? No, I can't have a role, so I'm going to have my own show
0: um yeah well i mean so starshooper isn't exactly my first show I, I i i produced my first show back down in florida uh that was for love sir and that was that was one where i wrote myself into a romantic lead because nobody would cast me as a romantic lead so i was like i'll write myself as one but when i moved up to new york i'd come up here to go to an acting school to to study theater and then um when the pandemic hit it kind of ruined the the school thing because you know it's kind of impossible to take acting classes online when you got to learn you know physicality and stuff so i'd kind of put a lot of creative endeavors on hold and there there was a moment in which i went through a pretty terrible heartbreak and the outpouring of love that i received from my friends and my family during that that heartbreak was just so overwhelming and so just enveloping that it moved me to action because it was just there there was just so much love and there was so much just humans taking care of other humans which is just it's just a beautiful beautiful thing and so I decided that I wanted to write a show about someone who is so full of love for their fellow human that they would traverse across the universe to, 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 take, to save them. And so I ended up uh, participating in a, a theater festival here in New York City in Manhattan so that um, my little show was off-Broadway. So it ends up being the show of somebody who whose older sibling is on a rescue trip Ship um, across across the galaxy, and we've lost contact with them. And so the main character Riley ends up stealing a ship and taking a solo mission across the galaxy for five years to search for them. And so the show is is this person in total isolation for five years, and what what that kind of does to a person, how they handle it, and how they react to it, and also just a lot of monologues about how beautiful humanity is and how wonderful and one dress we are like there's there's this whole monologue about the naming of the things that we send out into space we name them endeavor and curiosity and endurance and all of the the the, the things that we love most about ourselves is what we put out into the universe to to, to like to say if anybody's there that we are also here you're not alone and that we will send you our favorite parts of ourselves, we'll send you our our endurance, we'll send you our innovation, we'll send you our curiosity because that's what is the best part of humanity. And also about how humans at their core, like there's a lot of bad, there's a lot of bad, there's no way to get around it. Being a human is very hard and uh, living on earth is very difficult. And yet humans at their core will always tend to take care of each other. Like, um, there, there's a monologue in it about the the Titanic and specifically about the differences between the Californian and the Carpathia, which were the two ships that were around when the Titanic sank. There's this, the, the whole monologue is about how the Carpathia was so far away from the Titanic when it started to sink, but as soon as it heard the, the call, it, it like started tearing up its engines, telling all the passengers to sit down and like, we're, we are going to be moving the ship faster than it can, it can move. And they ended up breaking speed records to get to the Titanic because they were just so desperate to save people. And when they got there, of course, they weren't going to be able to save everyone. There was no way that they could. They were too far away. So much had already happened. But the only reason that anybody survived at all was because of the Carpathia. And the importance of it is that there was no way for the Carpathia to succeed entirely. They were going to fail. They were doomed to fail. No, not, they would not save everybody. But the fact that they did it anyways, the fact that they tried is what makes them like a a paragon of, of humanity. Humans are perpetually in failure but because we try anyways, that's where we ne- we will never lose our humanity. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com.
1: It's my little escape.
0: Now Judy's the life of the party.
1: Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon.
0: Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody.
1: So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style
0: games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com.
1: I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChumpaCasino.com. Welcome
0: to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.
1: In this play, you're writing about someone who is alone for five years. How did you get the feeling to write this situation without being completely alone?
0: alone? It's funny because I hadn't written it as a response to the pandemic. That was not the intention. It just so happened to also be on uh, rather poignant because everybody was was just getting out of lockdown. I was like, oh yeah, I guess this is related. Um, but I did an unnecessary amount of research for this show. Originally, I'd wanted it to be a little bit more science-heavy like uh, the book, The Martian. Um, I wanted it to be very, very science-heavy. But when we were, when I had people read through it with me, and I had my my director and my producer read through it with me, they're like, "This is really cool." You will lose your entire audience within ten minutes because it's all math and science. And I was like, "Fine, I'll rewrite it." So there's so much there's so much research I had to do to make sure that I did everything properly, um, like designing the ship, what goes on the ship, how long does it actually take to travel certain amounts of time, how how far could um a single degenerate type 1A supernova be from Earth without obliterating us right there's a lot of insane research that I had to do in order to write it uh, scientifically accurately and part of that research is uh, researching what it means like to be in absolute isolation so people who who work on submarines people who work down in um like uh, the South Pole and things like that, where they are they are literally isolated away from everybody. And what that does to the psyche and what that does to the person, um, even if they are 100% gung-ho on their mission, you know, that st- it still affects you. Um, and there's also a secondary character uh, named Olga, which is essentially like the Siri. It's the AI um, programming. And so even though o- Riley is... In solitude, she does, or they do still have um, Olga there, and they it, Olga kind of gives somebody for for Riley to bounce off of. Even though it's just, uh, you know, she's just a computer system, Riley has somebody to talk to, um, and so a lot of the interactions are are between the two of them and the humanization of Olga uh, by Riley because AI obviously would learn how to how to speak more to. To, 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 to Riley during the course of their year. If you have nothing better to do than talk to this one thing, you're going to talk to him a lot. Um, and so there's a lot of moments where Riley begins to treat Olga like a human and like a friend. And that that really comes to a head right towards the end of the show. Um, and it's it's heartbreaking and really, uh, really heartwarming and all the things. Um, but yeah, so, so the, the solitary thing in writing it you know without without actively being in solitude for five years um it was just like we 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 all as humans get lonely we all as humans feel isolated and it's just focusing on focusing on those feelings uh and and really sitting in them and sitting in the uncomfortableness of them and writing from that perspective and just letting yourself write the feeling that you want to want to convey and also you know just just ah uh, all of the things that you do to combat that loneliness that you do to combat that isolation, like, for example, Riley speaks a lot about um how much she misses home and how much she misses her sibling, who's who who's who uh, they are going to go take you try and save. And all of these, like how the stars are just so beautiful, and it's insane that this exists. Like, how how do all of these beautiful things exist, and all these colors, and all of these um, constellations, and these planets? And uh, so she just gets you know, wax. Uh, wax is poetic about uh, a lot of it.
1: Mm-hmm. So I'm glad that Riley had someone to talk. Olga, let's get into the exciting world of the Misport Guardians.
0: The Port Guardians, yes, absolutely.
1: I heard that it was inspired by your d sessions during COVID. Yes. Uh- <laughs> Tell
0: me. So um So during the pandemic, you know, everybody was locked up in a way. And my, my friend Timothy, uh, who is a dungeon master for, for Dungeons and Dragons, uh, or any other TTRPG you guys like to play, messaged me and was like, all right, the only way that I can get you to physically sit still long enough to try out Dungeons & Dragons is if you were locked down by the government. Um, so since we are currently locked down by the government, would you like to try this game with me? And I was like, sure, I have nothing better to do. And so I ended up meeting this group of people including my my chosen family uh, Topher and Jacob. And we we started playing this game every... we Originally we, we were a Friday game and then we ended up switching it over to Sundays. So now we, we call it going to church because we play religiously every Sunday and so we we were playing these characters for a while and we ended up kind of like pulling more people into the game so Topher's wife uh, Lou ended up joining our game because Topher wouldn't shut up about the insane things that were happening in our campaign uh, and, she, and so he just wouldn't he wouldn't stop talking about it and Lou's like okay well I have to know what's happening so she ends up joining the game and then we we continue that campaign and then now we actually have an even larger chosen family now we have two more members of people who are like this is just like the most insane game ever so we want to be a part of it too and so it's it's been such a cool cool journey and it's it's when I write about it I get to write about my best friends every day and so it's it's a really lovely experience because all I'm doing is is hanging out with the people who I love most
1: And then you created
0: these fantastic creators yes. yes, it's 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 you know what's really, really wild about this particular project is that I am not the sole uh, creator of it. So Timothy did the majority of the legwork on the 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 developing of the world, the magic systems, the the um the other characters. And then the main characters of this book. Only one of them is of my own creation. The other ones are from my chosen family. They created these characters. Their actions were what fueled the story to move forward. So it's a really cool collaborative effort, which I love. And I've never seen a book that was written by a group. Like, I mean, it was written by me, but it was inspired by a huge group of people making decisions. So like, all of these characters, they do things I would have never thought to do. I would have never thought to write these some of these storylines because these people have imaginations that are vastly different than mine. You know what I mean? Mm. And so it's been such a cool experience having to justify some of these actions that I would have never imagined taking.
1: What they are real world issues? I know that your characters face social turmoil, in rebellion. Mm, you see, I've been searching about you. Yeah, you,
0: you done. You did. You did your
1: homework, girl.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's there's a lot of uh, currently real world issues that they go against. Um, like for example, they they live in this city, the city of Misport, and the city of Misport is part of this country that is is run by the empire, and the empire is a very classist racist um anti-magic tyrannical fascist government that is perpetually just like snuffing out rights left and right snuffing out the ability of certain people um to to even attempt to use magic snuffing out entire peoples who can use magic like it's just a lot of you know social genocide uh, happening all over the place and these characters are kind of in that world and they're caught up in it and they are not particularly they're not particularly special at the beginning of the book they're just a bunch of idiots (laughs) and and one could argue that they never really get beyond that but it's just a bunch of idiots who see things happening and the inciting accident that really brings them all together is they end up near this dock and while they are individually at this dock for separate reasons they see this little girl that is in chains handcuffed and, and ankles uh, falling from a ship onto the the dock and they see a girl in chains and they're like well that's not great we we don't super love child trafficking that's not fantastic so then they obviously step in and they're not really good at it <laughs> they pick a fight they really are have no you know, real reason to pick but they see something happening and they are moved to action and that's all that it really takes to be a hero is to see something wrong and try to fix it and so they end up getting involved in this in in trying to save her they find out that she has some sorcerer abilities that she has she has some magic and that is dangerous uh, because in our world to be a sorcerer to have magic in your blood is a black baggable offense they caught co- like the the Arcanus inquisitorius which is like the magic cops they will come to your house and take you away and you will never be seen again it is it is a very very big bad dangerous thing so they see this kid who's a sorcerer and they're like well ah, what are we gonna do and they end up getting involved in this underground rebellion called the radicals and they end up kind of just because they're the only ones who know what to do with this kid uh, who is a sorcerer <laughs> um, and they ended up getting involved in this, this, this rebellion and the rebellions trying to fight to have people learn magic and be able to be safe in learning their magic and be able to actively expand opportunities for magic. And throughout the story, they end up seeing kind of how gray everything is and how flawed both sides of the war are. And yes, like there there is this tyrannical system that is just impossible to to get out of. But when we fight against it, how are we fighting against it? Like is it by whatever means? Is it doing things the right way? Like what like it, it just ends up being this huge uh huge emotional journey for them being like yes we are fighting to fix things but we have to fight for the for things the right way and everyone around them's like yeah but are you gonna do it like are you gonna get there or are we just gonna have to do bad things to get good things done
1: as usual <laughs> yes yes that's
0: what i figured and when are you going to publish this book so i am Currently in the shopping stage, <laughs> so um, we're we're pitching it to um, to agents, and then after that we'll be pushing pitching it to publishers. And I'm going to kind of give that a little a little time and see what the atmosphere is uh, for publishing because this is a very uh, unique styled book. It's a multi point of view. It's an epic fantasy. It's told in five main characters' points of view, and it's 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 a very Distinct type, and you know, a lot of publishers, a lot of their their purpose is to make money, right? And so, do I think that the story can make money? Absolutely. Does a publisher think it can make money? That's yet to be determined. So, hopefully, fingers crossed, in the next year or two, um, it'll it'll be actually on shelves doing the thing. But but yes, we we've recently just done the editing thing and the uh, the proofreading and all the things. So it's now like a nice, clean, good book now it just has to start we, we've we've done the first bit of the journey now we just have the long long walk to the bookshelf i think your book will be very
1: successful and i want to go back to brooklyn
0: i would love that that sounds amazing that sounds so much fun i would love that um and yes i, I appreciate the i appreciate the well wishes i i i also hope my book does well <laughs>
1: You are so talented and so creative. I am sure our listeners want to learn a little bit, even more, a
0: little bit more about you. Can you share your contacts? With- oh, do they? Well, I would love to share my contacts with them. Um, so if you are on social media, my uh I am at Michaela Duffy Writes on all the social media platforms. So that's at m-i-k-a-e-l-a-d-u-f-f-y-w-r-i-t-e-s which is an unnecessarily long title. I'm so sorry, you guys. Um, so that's going to be my my Instagram handle, my t- uh, TikTok handle, my Facebook handle. If you if you're interested in seeing like little reels about silly writing things or learning more about the characters, feel free to to reach me out or reach out to me on any one of those platforms. Um, I also have a website. It's uh, www.michaeladuffy.com, and on that you can find out more stuff about Star You can find out more stuff about uh, the Misport Guardians. Read little like blurbs and bios about them see some artwork and yeah feel free to feel free to say hi and be like hey so i was uh (laughs) i was on the real i heard you on the relatable voice i wanted to say hello and i'll be like yo what's up my guy i'm always here for making friends uh yeah so at michaela duffy writes on all the little platforms
1: awesome for sure we are going to meet in person and michaela please
0: stay in touch Yes, thank you. Thank you so much for having me on here and spending your time with me. This has been wonderful.
1: If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you'll be notified when the next one is posted. Please rate this podcast and share it with your friends. Thank you for listening and remember, relationships don't exist. Relating does. Until next time. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring.
0: A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, <sighs> oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. <laughs>